Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. In other words, take it off your plate and put it on whose plate? God's. Now, what do we typically do? We'll do that for 10 minutes. Then we take it right back again. So if you're here this morning and you're anxious about something, God just spoke to you. Don't be anxious about it. Put it in God's hands. Cast all your care in Him. He cares for you and leave it there. But continue to thank Him that He's going to answer. You don't know how yet. Daniel didn't know how. And thank Him and then ask God for help. Are you trying to solve every problem in life on your own, or are you trusting your Creator to carry you through? Today, Pastor Mark will teach listeners of Daniel's unwavering devotion to God through prayer. Whatever Daniel faced in life, he always sought the Lord's face for guidance. He recognized that life could not be lived properly apart from God's hand in everything. Maybe you know the importance of God in your life, but you feel you can handle it on your own. Don't be deceived. We were created for fellowship with God. Only He has the perfect life plan for us. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Daniel with part one of his message, Lions with Lockjaw. I'm going to ask you a question. Please do not email me. <laughs> Which is easier to train, a dog or a cat? I know I've already split the church. That's all right. Well, I know the answer to that because there are many dog whispers who can easily train your dog to obey in just a few hours. But there are only a few cat whispers. You know why? Nobody can afford them. It takes them a year of training for the cat to go, you wanted me? Can I hear an amen or an oh me? Okay, all right. The lion actually is one of the big cats in the genus Panthera. As a, as a domesticated cat, he evolved from the African wildcat. And today we see an interaction, amazing interaction, between a den of hungry lions and Daniel who's thrown into it. And you're going to be introduced today to the first cat whisperer ever. <laughs> and it happened to be an angel. We're going to have a good time with this. Well, last week we saw that the first of the four kingdoms that God predicted through history Babylon would be dissolved. And we saw the, the second, the, the, the medial Persian Empire, come on the scene. That's where we pick it up today. Daniel 6, verse 1. 
Now, please Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom with three administrators over them. So there's three administrators over 120 other leaders. One who was Daniel. Now watch this. The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer lost. One of Darius's first responsibilities kind of reorganized the kingdom. And he noticed over time, that's why he made these three big leaders, that somehow many of these satraps, people, well, they were bribing people, corrupting the government, stealing from the king. Of course, we've never heard anything about that in any of our governments in the world, (laughs) except every single one of them. So nothing has changed. So the king decided to put three men oversight, stop the corruption, stop the stealing, stop the bribery, and he chose Daniel and two other administrators to supervise all of these so that the king might not suffer loss. So obviously those three people are going to be more mature and more reliable. Verse 3. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. So out of those three, he's thinking about putting Daniel first. Now that's going to cause a problem. Now, I want you to look at me, all the campuses. Daniel is over 80 years of age at this particular point. And he's being looked at as one of the top administrators, already one of the three. And uh, why? Because Daniel had a reputation. That reputation started maybe 65 years ago when he was 15. Every government, every leader that Daniel worked under identified this amazing reputation of integrity, hard work, efficiency, and of course, he had the gift of leadership. Now, some of you might say today, well, Pastor Mark, he's like 84 or something. Shouldn't he have retired a long time ago? He's like useless. No, I'm 72. Shut up. (laughs) Now, understand... We have this kind of mentality in the world. Well, if you can get to be 55 and retire, you got it made. Not at all. You know what we discover? And this isn't about me now, so forget my other statement. We've discovered all through history, people in their 70s and 80s, they're known for amazing productivity. They're known for all kinds of amazing things. Number one, because they're very wise. Now, how do you get very wise? By making lots of mistakes yourself. And so we get to learn. We can tell you guys, don't do that. That was stupid. I tried it. It doesn't work. And uh, they're also understanding this principle. Now, what does the Bible say about retirement? It never mentions it. It never mentions it at all. First thing for you to write this morning. The Bible doesn't speak about retirement. Actually, the Bible says we are to continue to use our gifts, God-given gifts, to expand his kingdom. You, if you're breathing this morning you, and you're a Christian, you have use for God at 80, 85. You see, we all have gifts. Romans chapter 12 says there's these, these amazing gifts that we have. Every single one of us have at least one of those gifts. Daniel had the gift of leadership. Of course, you can't have everybody with the gift of leadership. There's nobody to follow. But understand your gift 
when, when you breathe your last, you're going to see Daniel is finishing well. Why? Because he's making God look good by using his gifts. Here he is, once again, whole new kingdom, whole new group of people identified. Get me Daniel. That's somebody I want on my team. So that's huge for us. Now, he's making God look good because he has this amazing work ethic and and this reputation that just spreads everywhere. Daniel was known as a person who had integrity and character. And when he did that, who does he make look good? God. So it's a challenge for all of us. And I I wanted to challenge you with it this morning. Now look at verse 4. What's going to happen? These 120 and the other two leaders have already kind of got the, got the blurb on Twitter that Daniel might be right under the king. Well, what is that going to make them? You already know what that's going to make them. Look at verse 4. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs. So they're snooping out. Let's get some skeletons out of Daniel's closet. But they were unable to do so. Now, Daniel wasn't sinless, nobody's sinless, but he had this amazing character. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt, watch this word, nor negligent. You ask him to finish something, he didn't make an excuse, he finished it. He was known for that kind of a person. So what are they going to do? Look at verse 5. Finally, these men said, we'll never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with his beliefs, with the law of God. So they resented Daniel for a number of things. Number one, Daniel was a Jew. The rest of these are paid. They resented this Jewish person who had been brought in captivity. Number two, Daniel served a different God than theirs. He served the one true living God. They didn't understand what that was, but they didn't like that at all. And also, what were they jealous of? His leadership abilities. Now, they examined Daniel's life and they couldn't find anything to attack him. So what did they do? They're going to attack his religion. They're going to attack his beliefs, what he stands for. And here's what you want to write today. They're not really going to attack. Satan is going to really attack. Satan loves to attack God's word and godly principles. That's what he goes after. So they know in a personal stance, there's nothing. He's doing everything right in the government. But they knew that he stood for some things that they would find a way to get him in trouble. Now, they're going to set up a situation, you're going to see it in a moment, in which his religious convictions would be in opposition totally to what the king wanted. Now, that's hard to understand what that would be. But what Daniel is going to prove to us is that he learned to obey God and not please man. And watch what happens. And when they come up with this, they're going to understand that Daniel... Whatever they, they got a plan, they're going to come up with a kind of a plan that this king's going to make an edict and he can't back out of it. And they know that when they do this, now this is amazing to me, when they do this, if he obeys the king, he's going to have to disobey God. You know what they already know? 
What do they know? Who who is Daniel going to obey? The king or God? Now, how do they know that? Because they've watched his life. That's amazing to me. Now, they're not for that. They just know this is the way to bring him down. So they knew that Daniel believed and would not disobey God's law. That's an amazing picture of the next note I want you to write. Godly character and reputation. It wasn't a question. Well, what do you think? 80-20, he will obey God? 70-30? No. He had a reputation. If God's word says it, I'm doing it. I'm not obeying man. Doesn't matter what the consequences are. He, and I want to challenge you this morning. We need to be faithful to God regardless of temptation and regardless of compromise. Compromise is everywhere. That's what we see in our world. And you know, all those guys, those multi-billionaires, you know, that hide all this money off-site. Now we find that it's in every kind of government, our government, governments all over. What do they do when they found out? They just lie and make excuses. But when you see that, you already know what our government looks like from the inside, don't we? And all these other governments, corruption, bribery, nothing of character. Guys, we have to be different than that. Now, verse six. So the administrators and satraps went as a group to the king. Look at me. They, all these people went to the king, except Daniel didn't get an invite. Did they do this on purpose? Of course. Now watch. And they said to the king, O king, here's a little butter up, Darius, live forever. And all of these leaders, watch this, verse 7. We've all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce a decree that anyone prays to, watch this, any God or man during the next 30 days, except to you, king, shall be thrown into the lion's den. So there's their plan. They already know what Daniel's going to do. This is going to be the end of Daniel. I don't have any trouble with him being second. He will never be second. We're going to be able to take over. We're going to continue to, to, to affect the government. We'll steal. We'll bribe. It's going to be good. Now, verse 8, O king, Sebastian, listen, issued a decree and put it in writing so it cannot be altered in accordance with the laws of the Medes, Persians, which cannot be repealed. Now, this is a different government. In the Babylonian government, King Nebuchadnezzar could make an edict and then change it, but not this government. This government was known in the Medes and Persians. You make something, the king makes an edict, he can't change it. It's done. It's finished. They knew this. Verse 9, so King Darius put the decree in writing. He doesn't realize he's being deceived. Now, why does he put this in? Who's the focus of this edict? He is. Hey, for 30 days, baby, I'm bringing this place together. I'm the one that looks good. It's that whole problem again, pride. Now, verse 10, I'm going to give you the Balmer translation. So don't look at your Bible right yet. For those of you who are new, this is not a new Bible. This is just kind of a, a thought thinking process as you go through it. Now, what is Daniel going to do when he finds out the seed come? Remember, he's not at the meeting. So he has to wait till he sees it's posted. What is Daniel going to do? Verse 10, Balmer translation. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room and he said to God in prayer, I know that the Jewish captivity is about to end. You see, when... When the Jews, when, when Nebuchadnezzar destroyed Jerusalem and he brought the Jewish people, by and large, most everybody, except maybe a few older people, it was for 70 years. God had set the 70 years. At the end of the 70 years, that captivity would be done and the Jews are going back. So Daniel says this, God, I, I don't want to do anything to stop this, 
We're getting close to the seven years. I don't want to do anything to stop this so the people can't go back to Jerusalem. So God, here, here's kind of what I'm thinking, God. Uh, 30 days is not a big deal. So for the next 30 days, I've been praying all my life, God, just for 30 days, I'm going to compromise and not pray for 30 days. Or God, if you like this better, I'll pray privately. Nobody will know. In fact, I can even go out of the country, out of the city, and I'll go into a place where nobody knows I'm praying. I'm just going to do it in private. I can do either one of those, God. What do you think, God? Can I compromise and do that? Well, let's read verse 10. Let's see what really happened. Neither one of those things, none of those, there's going to be no compromise. Watch this. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, He went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees, this is right after the edict came, and prayed, giving thanks to his God. Look at these words, just as he had done what? Before. See, he didn't do anything different. His whole lifestyle, since he was 15, he prayed three times a day. People knew it. He absolutely would not compromise. He thrived on prayer. That was the place where he met God. And that's what gave him strength through all those years and caused him to have that reputation and godly character because God would correct him during those times of prayer. Now, notice the first thing he does. He gives thanks to God. Would that be the first thing I would do? I'm thinking about this. God, I've been faithful to you, well, probably 65, 70 years here. And the only thing that is looking me in the face now is death in a lion's den. Just turn to your neighbor and say this right now. Life is not fair. Go right ahead. Just just say it to him. Life is not fair. Anyone Anyone want to expand that a while? Just tell us your story for a while. How many know life is not fair? Well, God never promised life to be fair. Now, now Daniel isn't doing that, but you and I might do that. But what is the first thing he does? He thanks God. Whoa, that's a little different. Now, why did he do that? Because he knew God and he knew God could answer prayer. Now, sometimes when we pray, thanking God is not the first thing we do. See, often we never get around to thanking God because we're listing our 28 things that we need. He Praise to give thanks first. Now, we know how the story turns out. Daniel didn't know. As he's thinking about this, does Daniel know the outcome? Of course he does. How does he know the outcome? As far as if he obeys God, does he know the outcome? Yeah. What is the outcome? Certain death. They had stamped his death approval. He knows if he obeys God, he's done. He's finished. And yet, we don't see in here any anxiety, but I guarantee you. How many of you, if that was you, would be, even though you thank God, would be just a little worried and anxious? Could I see your hand? Exactly. So this choice, actually, there was a little fear, but it really activated his faith because he trusted God. Now, The second thing, not only does he give thanks to God, but now he's saying to God, uh, this is going to be tough, God. I I need your help. I need your guidance. I need boldness to stand. Daniel never knew this verse, but it's a huge verse for all of us. Paul wrote it. Look at this first statement I want you to write. Prayer is the cure for the disease of anxiety and worry. 
every single one of us in the last week have been anxious and worried about something. That's normal life. That's just the way it works. Now, Paul would write, well, the solution to that is not to get more upset. I don't know if some of you are worried about here in Melbourne or Vera, Sebastian, you guys online. There's things that come into our mind. You say, well, I'm fine today. It might, maybe not tomorrow, because something always happens. A crisis always comes. Now watch, Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about what? Anything. No exceptions. But in everything, by prayer and petition, watch this. Here it is again, with thanksgiving. Thank you, God, that I can come to you. Thank you, God, that I can trust you. Thank you, God, I'm anxious about this. You already know it. I'm not playing games. Help me. And present your request to God. In other words, take it off your plate and put it on whose plate? God's. Now, what do we typically do? We'll do that for 10 minutes. Then we take it right back again. So if you're here this morning and you're anxious about something, God just spoke to you. Don't be anxious about it. Put it in God's hands. Cast all your care in him. He cares for you. And leave it there. But continue to thank him that he's going to answer. You don't know how yet. Daniel didn't know how. And thank him and then ask God for help. Now, notice something strange. Maybe you missed it. He prayed toward Jerusalem. You know, the Muslims pray toward Mecca. Now, why did he pray toward Jerusalem? Because David prayed the Bible. Listen to when the temple was being dedicated. Listen to Solomon, Second Chronicles. Hear the supplications of your servant and your people Israel when they pray toward this place. That's Jerusalem was the temple and that was the presence of God in those days. Hear from heaven your dwelling place and when you hear, forgive, forgive. So he knew where to pray for. He was acknowledging where the people were going to go back in 70 years and try to rebuild Jerusalem and, of course, the temple. And this next statement is huge. And I want everybody to think about it, all the campuses, and write it down. What we see in the life of Daniel is this. Daniel's relationship with God was prayer-focused, not crisis-oriented. He said, well, Pastor Mark, what do you mean by that? Well, simply this. There's always times of crisis in our lives. Something's always coming up. And again, like I said, some of you aren't in a crisis today, uh, but the phone rings tomorrow, the lab result comes in, the pink slip comes three weeks from now, and all of a sudden, here's a crisis. And many people do this. When a crisis comes, as Christians, what do we do? Oh, I've been, I forgot prayer. God, help! God says, well, I haven't heard from you in about two months. Well, I didn't have a crisis. I'm going to glad that God still hears even when we treat him like that. Be faithful to God, regardless of the temptation to compromise. That is true character and a godly reputation. Today, Pastor Mark challenged listeners to consider what legacy they're leaving behind in this life. Many want to be remembered for wealth or accomplishments, but... Jesus only cares about things that will last forever. Are you using an eternal mindset to dictate how you live today? People should see the kingdom of heaven in you. Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. 
There's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. If your life was threatened because of your faith, how would you respond? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will teach listeners of Daniel's unwavering devotion to God, even when it seemed God was not present. Daniel chose to first thank God and then ask for help, guidance, and boldness. Prayer is the key for the disease of anxiety and worry. The Lord wants to guide those who seek Him first in all things. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Here